إذاعة البيان تقدم لكم هذا البرنامج سائلين الله عز وجل أن ينفعنا به بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أيها الإخوة المستمعون نكمل معكم اليوم بعض المسائل في الأيمان المسألة التي نطرحها الآن ما حكم إبرار المقسم؟ ما حكم إبرار المقسم؟ تعلمون أنه شائع بين الناس أن يقسم الإنسان على أخيه والله لا تفعلن كذا والله لا تأتين معي والله لا تأكلن معي فما حكم إبرار المقسم؟ نحن نعلم نحن نعلم أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ذكر في حقوق المسلم إبرار المقسم لكن العلماء قالوا اختلفوا هل هذا الحق على سبيل الوجوب أم على سبيل الاستحباب فبعض أهل العلم قال أن ذلك على سبيل الاستحباب وذكر قصة جميلة حصلت في زمن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أخرجها ابن ماجع عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنه أن رجلا أتى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم منصرفه من أحد يعني لما رجع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من أحد جاءه هذا الرجل فقال إني رأيت رؤيا رأيت ظلة ظلة يعني غمامة تنطف سمنا وعسلا ورأيت الناس يتكففون منها فالمستكثر والمستقل يتكففون يأخذون بأيديهم بأكفهم من هذه الظلة فمنهم من يستكثر ومنهم من يستقل ورأيت سببا واصلا إلى السماء السبب هنا الحبل ورأيت سببا واصلا إلى السماء رأيتك أخذت به فعلوت به ثم أخذ به رجل من بعدك فعل به ثم أخذ رجل من بعده فعل به ثم أخذه رجل فانقطع به ثم وصل له فعل به فقال أبو بكر للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم دعني أعبرها يعني أفسرها فقال له النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أعبرها قال أما الظلة أما الظلة فالإسلام فالإسلام وأما ما ينط وما ينطف منها من سمن من سمن وعسل فالقرآن فالقرآن حلاوته ولينه يعني السمن تأويله اللين والعسل تأويله الحلاوة يعني وما ينطف يعني قال له وما ينطف منها من السمن والعسل فهو القرآن حلاوته ولينه وما يتكفف الناس فقال منها قال المستكثر من القرآن والمستقل قال ثم قال أبو بكر رضي الله عنه وأما السبب الواصل إلى السماء فما أنت عليه من الحق أخذت به فعلوت به ثم يأخذ به آخر من بعدك فيعلو به 
ثم يأخذه آخر فيعلو به ثم يأخذه آخر فينقطع به ثم يوصل له فقال له النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أصبت بعضا وأخطأت بعضا الشاهد أن لما قال له النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لأبي بكر أصبت بعضا وأخطأت بعضا قال والله لتخبرني بما أخطأت بما أصبت مما أخطأت فقاله النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تقسم يا أبا بكر فقال العلماء لو كان واجبا لأخبره النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وبعض أهل العلم قال إذا لم يكن هناك ضرر من إجابة المقسم فيجب عليه لكن إذا كان هناك ضرر فلا يجب على المقسم عليه أن يبر المقسم في حال فيه فهذا يعني ما يعني ذكره بعض أهل العلم في حكم إبرار المقسم وهذه وهذا الحديث صححه الشيخ الألباني رحمة الله عليه في سنن ابن ماجة Oh, praises due to Allah. May Allah send his peace and blessings upon his final prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Dear listeners, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Now, uh, continuing with uh, our live program on Al-Bayan Radio, uh, we've been speaking about oaths in Islam. Uh, today, we'll speak about uh, fulfilling the oaths that someone else makes. Oh, what is known in Arabic? Ibrar al-Qasim. So, someone makes an oath. I swear... Someone says, for example, uh, I ask you by Allah or I swear by Allah that you'll eat. I swear by Allah that you'll stay at my house. I swear by Allah that you'll do this. They make an oath that is conditional on your action or your inaction. So must you fulfill that so that the person does not break their oath? Uh, uh, we know a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that of the rights of a Muslim to another Muslim is to fulfill their oaths. Uh, the scholars differed. Is this right uh, an obligatory right or is it something that is recommended? Um, there is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that after the battle of Uhud, uh, a man saw a dream and he came to the Prophet ﷺ to tell him the dream that he had. He said, I saw a cloud and the cloud was uh, sprinkling down uh, honey and uh, uh, salmon, which is... Uh, Uh, with butter, sorry, butter, butter, and uh, and and honey, and the people were going out catching this honey and butter that was sprinkling down from the clouds. So they had their hands out, grasping or trying to collect the honey and the butter. Some were catching a lot, and some were were not catching so much. And then he said, "I saw a rope coming down from the sky, and the Prophet ﷺ took by the rope and he and he uh, lifted him up." And then another person took by the rope and it lifted him up. And then a third person took by the rope and it lifted him up. And then another took by the rope and it broke. And then it was tight and then it reconnected and it took him up as well. That was his dream. Abu Bakr who was sitting next to the Prophet and he said, O Messenger of Allah, do you give me permission to interpret the dream? The Prophet agreed. Abu Bakr He began to say that the uh, the cloud is Islam, and the butter and the honey is the Quran, because its sweetness resembles honey and its softness resembles butter. And the people uh, trying to cup and gather 
this is representing how much people take of the Quran. Some people benefit or learn from it and read it much, and some people not so much. Uh, the the rope that is coming down from the uh, from the cloud or from the heavens is what you are upon of the truth. Uh, then and and what you are upon, O Messenger Sallallahu and then someone else will follow what you do, and someone else and and the third person after you uh, will will the rope will will break and then. It will be re- reconnected. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, You have said the truth in parts, or you were correct in parts, and not so accurate in other parts. Then Abu Bakr said, By Allah, you will tell me what I said, uh, what from what I said was not accurate, and from what I said was correct. And then the Prophet ﷺ said to Abu Bakr, Do not make an oath. Do not make an oath. So this hadith, it's graded as acceptable by Sheikh Al-Albani in Sunan Ibn Majah. Uh, so what we learn from this hadith is that the Prophet Sallallahu uh, Alaihi did not uh, fulfill uh, the oath, even though he made an oath for him. So the scholars, they derive from this that uh, that a person is uh, does not should not fulfill an oath if it is going to lead to something which is sinful. So if the, if uh, if there is going to be harm from fulfilling the oath, then a person should not fulfill the oath. Otherwise, if there is no harm, then um, it is uh, optional for a person to fulfill the oath or not. Oh, يعني واجب يعني إذا لم يكن هناك ضرر على. No, it's obligatory if if there is no uh, if there is no harm on the person, it's obligatory for him to fulfill the oath. But the, if there is harm in fulfilling the oath, then he should not fulfill the oath. بقيت مسألة يعني يعني تتعلق بهذه المسألة هنا لو أن إنسان حلف على شخص ليفعلن أمرا ثم هذا الشخص لم يطاوعه لم يستجب له فعلى من تكون الكفارة يعني أيها المستمع أنت حلفت على شخص والله لا تأتينا معي أو والله لا تفعلن كذا لكن الشخص الآخر لم يستجب لك لم يفعل ما طلبت منه ما أقسمت به عليه فعلى من تكون الكفارة فتكون الكفارة على المقسم الذي الذي أقسم على صاحبه هو الذي يجب عليه أن يكفر كفارة يمين now, uh, the uh, another issue that is related to this, if someone made an oath upon someone else to do something or not to do something, if that person did not fulfill what he made an oath on him to do, uh, upon who is the expiation? Is it on the person who didn't do the action or is it on the person who made the oath? Uh, the correct opinion is that it is upon the person who made the oath. It's upon the person that made the oath. So someone says to his friend, Wallahi, you'll come with me. Uh, to to the shops, for example, and then he he doesn't. He says, "No, I'm busy. I can't come." But he said, "Wallahi, I made an oath by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Wallahi, you'll come with me to the to the shops, for example." And if he doesn't, who has to expiate for the oath? Uh, it is the one who actually made the oath, not the other person. ما هي كفارة اليمين؟ الكفارة اليمين ذكرها الله سبحانه وتعالى في سورة المائدة قال الله عز وجل لا يؤاخذكم الله 
باللغو في أيمانكم ولكن يؤاخذكم بما عقدتم الأيمان فكفارته إطعام عشرة مساكين من أوسط ما تطعمون أهليكم أو كسوتهم أو تحرير رقبة فمن لم يجد فصيام ثلاثة أيام ذلك كفارة أيمانكم إذا حلفتم واحفظوا أيمانكم كذلك يبين الله لكم آياته لعلكم تشكرون ربما كثير من الناس يظن أن كفارة اليمين هي في الصيام وأول ما يأتي على ذهنه هو أن يكفر بالصيام لكن الصيام إنما ينتقل إليه إذا تعذر عليه الإطعام أو الكسوة أو تحرير رقبة يعني الإنسان الحالف إذا إذا حنس في يمينه هو مخير في ثلاثة أمور كما ذكر الله عز وجل إطعام عشرة مساكين أو كسوتهم أو تحرير رقابة إذا أتى بواحدة من هذه الثلاثة فقد أدى كفارة اليمين إن لم يستطع واحدة من هذه الثلاثة هنا ينتقل إلى الصيام إلى الصيام فإذا كفارة اليمين إطعام عشرة مساكين لكل مسكين نصف صاع نصف صاع الصاع أيها الإخوة هو أربعة أمداد بكفي الرجل متوسط الحجم هذا هو الصاع هو أربعة أمداد فنصف الصاع هو مدان وقدره بعض العلماء يعني قدر الصاع بحوالي ثلاثة كيلو لكن هذا يختلف باختلاف الموضوع في هذا الصاع يعني صاع التمر يختلف عن صاع البر صاع البر يختلف في الوزن عن صاع الشعير صاع الشعير يختلف عن صاع الأرز يعني يختلف أحيانا اختلاف كبير يعني بين النصف كيلو أحيانا إلى قريب الكيلو كنت أقرأ في يعني كم يأخذ الصاع وزنا فوجدت هناك فرق كبير بين بحسب الموضوع في هذا الصاع إذا كان الحب صغير ولا أقصد يعني حتى أحيانا في نفس الجنس لكن يختلف من يعني صاع التمر عن صاع الشعير عن صاع القمح عن صاع الأرز وهكذا جودة الحب آه فإذا بعض العلماء قدر نصف الصاع بحوالي كيلو ونصف لكن هذا ليس تحديدا يعني هذا تحديد تقريبي إذا إطعام عشرة مساكين لكل مسكين نصف صاع وإن يقول الشيخ ابن باز وإن عش العشرة أو غداهم أو كساهم كسوة تجزئ تجزئ في الصلاة يعني تستر العورة تجزئ في الصلاة أجزاءه ذلك إذا هو مخير بين هذه الثلاث بالإجماع التي هي الإطعام أو الكسوة أو تحرير رقبة ويا عبد الله إذا كنت لا تستطيع أن تخرج بنفسك الطعام تستطيع أن توكل بعض الجمعيات التي تعتني بهذه الأمور توكلهم في إخراج الطعام لا يجوز يعني عند جمهور أهل العلم أن تدفعها أن تخرجها مالا لأن الله سبحانه وتعالى يعني ذكر هذه الأمور الثلاثة ولو كان جائزا 
أن تخرجها نقدا مالا لما كان معنى لذكر هذه الأمور التي ذكرت في آية الكفارة فإن لم تستطع واحدة من هذه الثلاثة فتلجأ إلى الصيام صيام ثلاثة أيام no. uh, The next issue that we'll speak about is the expiating for the oath uh, the proof of uh, or the basis of the proof for expelling the earth is found in A and Surah Al-Ma'idah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah does not blame you for oaths that you make in vain Allah does not uh, blame you for oaths that you make in vain but rather he blames you for oaths that you make on on purpose with, with, with intention and so it's uh, the expiation is by feeding 10 uh, poor people from the average of what uh, the average of what you feed your family or uh, clothing them or freeing a slave uh, and whoever doesn't find the means whoever doesn't find the means then uh, freeing a slave so we have these three things there are four things, but three you have a choice in, and then one is the is the other option. So, uh, the three things is first feeding ten poor people from the average of what you feed your family, or clothing them, clothing ten poor people, or freeing a slave. If you cannot do one of these three, then it goes to the fourth option, which is fasting three days. Because many people think that if they have broken an oath, they just fast three days. This is not correct. The fasting is only when you are not able to do the others. So first option uh, is either uh, feeding 10 poor people from the average of what you feed yourself or uh, clothing them or freeing a slave. If you don't have the financial means to do that, then you can fast three days. Now, how much uh, must we feed uh, the poor? Uh, the scholars, they said, half a sa'a. A sa'a is a form of measurement. And one sa'a is made up of four handfuls of grain, whether it's wheat or barley or, or dates, whatever is the staple food of that people. So if you, uh, if, if you bring your palms together and you make a scoop with your hand with both palms of the palms of an average male so not a large man or not a small man an average man the two palms together that is uh, four of them make one sigh so what is obligatory to give to the poor is half a sigh so two handfuls uh, uh, two scoops of both hands this is uh, the scholars they approximated it to be approximately one and a half kilos but that differs depending on the grain because it is a measure it is not a weight so generally it's about one and a half kilos it could um, differ uh, between uh, plus or minus half to a kilo uh, in, in, in difference depending so we go by the measure not by the weight some of the scholars like Ibn Baz he said that if you bring 10 poor people and you give them dinner if you uh, make a dinner for 10 poor people that would be sufficient or giving them clothing clothing that would be sufficient for them to pray in clothing that is uh, sufficient for them to pray in um, if a, a person can do that himself or he can 
appoint a, a, a char charity organization to do that on his behalf. But what is important is that it must be through these ways that Allah has mentioned. It can't be just giving money to a poor person. It has to be by feeding or by clothing. It can't be just give them, give them money and they take the money because with that money they can buy something else. They can, you know, pay their bills or fill petrol in their car. This is because if it was... If, if it's the same thing, then Allah wouldn't have mentioned the different specific types. So by Allah mentioning the specific types shows that it must be by these types, by feeding or by clothing. Offering a slave, if a person is not able to do that, then a person goes to the option of fasting three days. No. Um, على الحلف وهو لا يريد أن يفعل ما يعني ما ذكر في هذا الحلف لكن أكره عليه نحن مرة معنا في يعني الماضي أن أن الإنسان لو يعني حلف على أمر أن لا يفعله أو أن يفعل أمر لكنه نسي نسي ففعله أنه لا كفرة عليه أيضا يعني لو أخطأ الإنسان فيعني فحنث في حلفه خطأ أيضا لا لا حنث عليه وأيضا لو أكره إنسان على الحلف فلم فحنث في هذا الحلف لا كفرة عليه والقاعدة هي قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حديث النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهي وهذا حديث مهم جدا يستخدمه الفقهاء كثيرا رفع عن أمة الخطأ والنسيان وما استكره عليه وقال عز وجل ربنا لا تأخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا فالإكراه إذا أكره الإنسان على, حل على الحلف فحنث, فحنث فلا كفارة عليه Another issue is that if a person was forced, was, uh, was forced to make an oath and something that he didn't want to make an oath by others, his family, his whatever, um, uh, force him to make an oath, then uh, a person is not bound by this oath. And if he does contrary to this oath, there is no expiation for him. Likewise, as we spoke about before, if a person made an oath and he forgot, of a person uh, made an oath and he broke the oath by mistake, he did something uh, purposely, but he didn't know that that was part of the thing that he broke his oath for then all of these things uh, there is no blame on him and he uh, if he does if he if he did do that which he made an oath by there is no expiation on him and the principle of this is is derived from the hadith of the prophet وسلم, that the scholars use very much so which is very important for us to learn and understand and always uh, have it in, in our minds the prophet وسلم, said it has been lifted the burden has been lifted from my ummah of mistake and forgetfulness and what has been done under duress and allah ta'ala says in the quran oh our lord do not hold us to blame if we forget or we do by mistake أيضا هل الكفارة تشمل اليمين على أمور ماضية الحنث في اليمين يكون على الأمور التي في المستقبل لكن لو أن إنسان حلف على أمور ماضية فكان فهل هل الكفارة تشمل الحلف على أمور ماضية الكفارة لا تشمل 
هذا لأننا قلنا يعني أنه إن كان صادقا فيما حلف عليه فهنا يعني لا لا كفر لأنه صادق لكن إن تعمد الكذب هو يحلف على أمر ماض مثلا والله ذهبت إلى فلان البارحة فهو إن كان صادقا فهنا لا كفر لأنه صادق لكن إن تعمد الكذب هو تعمد الكذب فقلنا أن هذه يمن غموس واليمن غموس لا كفارة فيها لأنها أعظم من أن تكون فيها كفارة لكن الحالة الثالثة حلف على أمر ماض يظنه حقا فتبين, فتبين له خلافه خلافه فلا كفارة فيه لأنه يعني لأنه لم يتعمد الكذب يعني أخطأ فهو من لغو اليمين فإذا الكفارة لا تشمل اليمين على أمور ماضية Okay, another question. If someone made an oath about something in the past, uh, must he do uh, must he do an expiation for something that he made an oath about something in the past? So if someone, uh, for example, uh, made an oath about something that was true, then there is no expiation. Say, for example, a person who said, Wallahi, I didn't go to such and such person's house yesterday. I didn't go. Wallahi, I didn't go to his house yesterday. And he is truthful then there is no expiation because it's truthful. If a person made an oath falsely, knowingly, a person, he says, Wallahi, I didn't go to so-and-so's house yesterday. Wallahi, I didn't go to his house yesterday. And he is lying. Then we said that this is Yamin al-Ghamus, that this is the oath, the false oath, that a person will be dipped into the hellfire, the lying oath. A person will be dipped into the hellfire. And it's a major sin that a person uses Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name in vain and for lying. And this, uh, yani this severe uh, punishment and, and, th- and threats from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for such a person. And it is such, it is beyond for a, it is beyond the state of a person just making an expiation for it. There is a third situation where a person makes an oath about something he did in the past, believing that that thing was true, but in reality it was false. It later becomes clear to him that it was false. So say for example, someone he says, Wallahi, I didn't go to so-and-so's health. Believing he didn't go to his house, but then he remembered that he did go. He had forgotten, for example. So he made an oath believing that what he said was true, but then it became clear to him that uh, it was false. Does he have to do an expiation? We said that he doesn't do an expiation because at the time he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, the expiation is only for something that a person he, he makes an oath for something he will do in the future and he breaks that. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. Yeah, نظرت على يعني أمر وحصل هذا الأمر فيعني يجب عليك أن تفي بالنذر يعني إذا قلت يعني إن نجحت ابنتي سأدفع مبلغا من المال ما دام إنه إذا حصل هذا الأمر ونجحت ابنتك 
فادفعي هذا المبلغ الوفاء بالنذر من الأمور الواجبة فإذا كان هذا ضمن استطاعتك الاستطاعة فعليك أن تفي بهذا النذر أما بالنسبة للحلف إذا يعني إذا كان هذا خرج مخرج يعني إذا كنت تحلفين ولم تقصد الحلف وإنما خرج ضمن الكلام لم تقصد الحلف فهذا يكون من لغو اليمين لكن إذا قصد الإنسان وأراد أن يؤكد على الشخص وقصد اليمين فهنا الأمر يختلف فيعتبر حلف وإذا ما إذا ما استجاب الطرف الآخر فهنا تجب الكفرة كما فصلنا فيما مضى نعم سيدة سيستر أسكين أبوت ميكينج making an oath to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is called nadhr where a person says if if this happens then I will do this good deed so she says uh, she made an oath to Allah oh Allah if my daughter uh, if my daughter uh, yes it's called a vow not an oath yeah so a person makes a vow to Allah so she says for example I made a vow to Allah if my daughter passes her exam then I will give this certain amount of money for the sake of Allah she says my daughter did pass the exam but I didn't give the money the sheikh he answered by saying that if someone makes a vow then it becomes obligatory to fulfill it um, so so the sheikh says that if you do have the ability to fulfill the vow then you must fulfill the vow uh, the uh, the other question the sister asked um, is that she always, you know, whenever it's become part of her, her speech and talk, Wallahi, you'll do this. Wallahi, don't do this. Wallahi, you'll sit there. Wallahi, you'll eat this. Wallahi, you turn off the TV. It just becomes part of her speech. The Sheikh said, if a person doesn't mean to make it a binding oath, didn't intend it to be a binding oath, then there's no harm in it. It becomes part of the, the, the oath of vain, the vain oath. But if a person, he intended it as an oath, and, and he meant it when he said it. He says, by Allah, you'll do this. By Allah, I will do this or whatever. Then um, then it, it is binding and a person is liable for the for the expiation if it is not fulfilled. No. Uh, قال الله عز وجل ولا تجعل الله عرضة لأيمانكم أن تبروا وتتقوا وتصلحوا بين الناس لا تجعل اليمين سببا مانعا لك من إتيان الخير قد يخسم العبد أن والله لن أفعل هذا الأمر وهو أمر في محبوب لله عز وجل محبوب لله عز وجل والله لن أتصدق على فلان لن أتصدق على فلان فلان أخطأ معي سكنت أتصدق عليه والله لن أتصدق عليه فيعني يستحب في مثل هذا الأمر أن يكفر الإنسان عن يمينه ويأتي ويأتي الخير الذي أقسم يعني على أن لا يفعله على أن لا يفعله وهناك حديث عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم والذي نفسي بيده لا أحلف على أمر فأرى غيره خيرا منه إلا كفرت عن يميني وأتيت الذي هو خير أو في روايات من حلف على أمر فرأى يعني غيرها خيرا منها فليأتي الذي هو خير وليكفر عن يميني فقال بعض العلماء جاء 
جاء بروايتين إما أن يكفر في البداية ثم يأتي الذي خير أو يحق له أن يأتي الذي هو خير وأن يكفر عن يمينه ولكن ينبغي للإنسان أن لا يجعل اليمين سببا ما سببا مانعا له من فعل المعروف من فعل الطاعة من فعل الأمر المحبوب لله سبحانه وتعالى قد يكون أحيانا الحنس واجبا إذا حلف كما مر معنا إذا حلف على أمر محرم يعني قد يحلف الإنسان على قطيعة رحمه والله لن أكلم مثلا خالي أو لن أكلم عمي أو لن أكلم أخي فهنا نقول يعني إذا رجع في ذلك يقول أنا حلفت نقول أنت حلفت على أمر محرم يجب عليك يجب عليك أن تحنث في هذا اليمين وأن تصل رحمك وأن تصل رحمك وحتى يعني والشرع أجاز لك أن أن تحنث في هذا بل يعني بل أوجب عليك أن تحنث وأن تكفر عن يمينك إذا لا تجعل الله عرضة لأيمانكم أن تبروا وتتقوا وتصلحوا بين الناس والله سميع عليم um, The last point is uh, which is very common among people that people make oaths to either do something forbidden or they make oath that they will not do something which is good and they make an oath by that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran and do not make your oaths by Allah an excuse against being righteous and fearing Allah and make peace among people and Allah is hearing and knowing so some people uh, because of a problem between another person someone you know has a problem with his brother with his uncle with his cousin with his uh, neighbor with his work colleague he says this person did something bad by me I'm not going to um, visit him I'm not going to visit him uh, and he makes an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then you say brother why aren't you visiting him he said I made an oath by Allah and and I, I can't break a person should should fulfill their oath now the Prophet وسلم, he says whoever makes an oath and he finds that which is better then let him do that which is better and let him expiate for his oath so a person shouldn't make the oath by Allah an excuse not to do good deeds but rather what is better is for a person to break his oath and pay the expiation and do that which is good. We've already spoken previously, if a person makes an oath to do that which is haram, so someone he makes an oath that I will not visit someone so, or I will, I will drink alcohol, or I will do this, and he swears by Allah that he will do that, then a person should not fulfill that oath. This is forbidden for a person to fulfill such an oath that an oath to do something which is forbidden. Um, a person for example he makes an oath that someone did something bad by him and he used to give in charity uh, to that person and help him out and he says uh, Wallahi I won't give in charity to that person that good deed that I used to do that to that person I'll stop doing it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says do not make your oaths by Allah an excuse against being righteous and fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this has to be uh, brothers and sisters have to be aware of this issue the questioner asks, Sheikh, what happens when you're eating out with your mates, with your friends, and you say, I'm paying Wallahi? Then someone else uh, says, No, Wallahi, I am. What do you do then? First, if you 
قال والله يعني أنا سأدفع فيعني على الأخوة أن أن يسمحوا له يعني أن يبروا قسمه أن يتركوه هو يدفع مدام هو ابتدأ القسم لكن إذا حلف إنسان آخر فهنا صار يعني إما أن يدفع الأول إما أن يدفع الثاني إذا يعني إذا تركوا واحد منهم فقد يدفع ولم يعني الآخر لم يعني يمكنوه من إبرار قسمه فعليه هنا أن يكفر أن يكفر لكن حتى نخرج من هذه المشكلة علينا أن نعطي فرصة للذي حلف أولا يعني أن يبر بقسمه وأن لا نعارضه بقسم آخر نعم so uh, as to the question what happens they go to the restaurant and each one says والله I'm going to pay then other says no والله I'm going to pay the sheikh he says that if someone makes an oath and he's the one who proceeds he's the one who makes the oath first then what is best is for a person to fulfill uh, that person's oath and to allow him to to do what he made an oath to do and and a person shouldn't make an oath on top of his brother's oath and if a person does do that and and he doesn't end up fulfilling that then uh, he has to pay the expiation the questioner he mentioned the verse about uh, about who the lady can unveil in front of and then he the question is my question is can a woman be unveiled in front of her son-in-law نعم السائل ذكر الآية لا جناح لا جناح عليهن في آبائهن ولا أبنائهن ولا إخوانهن ولا أبناء إخوانهن ولا أبناء أخواتهن ولا نسائهن ولا ما ملكت أيمانهن واتقين الله إن الله على كل شيء شهيد السائل يسأل هل يجوز للمرأة أن تكشف عن صهرها يعني زوج بنتها أم الزوجة أم الزوجة من المحرمات على وجه التأبيد يعني قال الله عز وجل هو الأولى أن يذكر الآية الأخرى حرمت عليكم أمهاتكم وبناتكم وأخواتكم وعماتكم وخالاتكم وبنات الأخ وبنات الأخت وأمهاتكم والتي أرضعنكم وأخواتكم من الرضاعة وأمهات نسائكم وأمهات نسائكم فذكر الله سبحانه وتعالى أم الزوجة ضمن المحرمات على وجه التأبيد على وجه التأبيد يعني يا عبد الله حتى لو أن, لو أن رجلا طلق زوجته تبقى أمها محرمة عليه على وجه التأبيد على وجه التأبيد فيجوز له يعني يجوز للمرأة لأم الزوجة أن تكشف على زوج ابنتها أن تكشف على زوج ابنتها لأنها محرمة عليه على وجه التأبيد uh, The Sheikh he said that the mother of your of a person's wife the mother of a person's wife, and his mother-in-law, is part of those he is forbidden to marry permanently. Permanently. So whether he is still married to his wife or not, as soon as the marriage contract is made, his mother-in-law becomes of the eternal prohibited people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this category in Surah An-Nisa, verse number 23. 
prohibited to you for marriage are your mothers, your daughters, your sisters, your father's sisters, your mother's sisters, your brother's daughters, your sister's daughters, your milk mothers who nursed you, your sisters through nursing, your wives' mothers. So your wives' mothers, your mother-in-law is part of those in the same category as your mother. Just like a person can never mother, marry his mother or his sister or the others, likewise a person can never marry his mother-in-law just by uh, as soon as the marriage contract is made. So if that is the case, then uh, a person treats his mother-in-law and a mother-in-law treats her son-in-law just as she would treat her son in unveiling in front of him. Sheikh, a lot of people ask, you know, nowadays with WhatsApp and messages and things like that, a lot of people receive a lot of messages. Um, um, you know, a lot of hadiths or du'ats or someone's sick, you know, and they write at the end of it, this is an amana to send it to 10 of people in your contact list. Chain message. Yeah, this is an amana that you send it to everyone in your contact list. And sometimes you get these messages and you and you write back to the person, why are you sending it? And they, they say, because I feel guilty, you know, because I said it's the amana and like, I feel like I'll, I'll fall into a sin if I don't do it. So the question many people ask is that, is that true? Is, is if someone writes in a message, it's a manner for you to send that message. Is that really binding on me? أحد المشايخ تكلم عن هذه المسألة وقال لا يستطيع أحد أن يلزمك بأمر واجب عليك يعني أنت لم تلتزمه فالذين يفعلون هذا يعني يرسلون رسالة ثم يعني يقولون أمانة يعني يتوجب عليك أن ترسلها أن ترسلها إلى يعني عدد من الأشخاص هذا أوجب عليك أمرا ليس هو واجب في الأصل وأنت لم تتحمله ولم تأخذه على عاتقك فلا يتوجب عليك إذن يعني أن 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 ترسل هذه الرسالة وليس هي أمانة في عنقك لأنه لم يجبها الشرع عليك لم يجبها الله عز وجل ليس هناك دليل على يعني أن هذا أصبح أمرا واجبا عليك ما دام أن هذا في الأصل ليس واجب وأنت لم تتحمله ف يعني نقول هذا ليس صحيح يعني فعليك أن يعني أنا أطلع على كثير من هذه الأمور وهذه تصبح هناك مشقة على الإنسان إذا يعني أراد أن يعني يستجيب لهذه الرسائل. So the sheikh is saying that um, that this is not something that was that is obligated in the religion essentially, and this is not something that you have agreed. To take upon so someone cannot force something on you that the religion has not forced on you or that you have not uh, willfully uh, uh, taken upon yourself and so this is not um, you know or else you know many people even the sheikh himself receives a lot of these messages and if a person is going to do all of that it will be very laborious and very um, you know this is not what the what Islam promotes the final question the sheikh and it's related to, to um, the Adan. If someone broke their fast one or two minutes before the Maghrib Adan because they heard the Adan on the radio and it was made by mistake, what should they do? Mm, tough question. Really, if someone 
ربنا لا ت... فالاسم مرفوع لا شك أن الاسم مرفوع وحتى مسألة هل يعيد ذلك اليوم يعني بعض العلماء قال حتى أنه يعني لا يلزم بأن يعيد صوم ذلك اليوم لأنه لم يتعمد الإفطار So in, if a person heard the adhan and he thought it was maghrib time and he ate and then it turned out that the adhan was played one or two minutes early because ma Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive and guide the brothers that do the hard work at the radio station it's not an easy job I mean <laughs> So this happened during the time of the Prophet ﷺ. It was a cloudy day and the people thought that it was Maghrib time. And so they ate and then the sun appeared the, the clouds parted and the sun appeared and the hadith did not mention that they were uh, ordered to repeat that fasting or that they were sinful we remind the people the brothers and sisters of that principle that we mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says oh Allah do not blame us if we do something out of forgetfulness or out of mistake and the hadith of the Prophet the burden is removed or lifted from our ummah what they do out of forgetfulness or by mistake or uh, under duress and so a person that ate at that time he didn't um, uh, break his fast purposely because he only ate because he believed that the Maghrib time uh, was had entered and so if it turned out that it wasn't then it's like someone who ate or drank during Ramadan by accident it's the same concept then he can, continues to his, do his fast his fast is not deemed broken he is not sinful nor does he have to make up another day of fasting من إذاعة البيان من سيدني صوت أهل السنة والجماعة